0: Like we have something going here. We're building something special and you know you can see it from the outside and inside it's even more beautiful. I point to have a bunch of Ferraris and keep them in the garage you know like take them out to the track so. Once a giant, always a giant. For me it's only a giant. Welcome everybody to a special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast, brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host Art Stapleton, and we are in Indianapolis. It's Combine Week. Draft season takes a huge step forward for the New York Giants and the rest of the NFL. About 300 or so prospects converge here in Indy. Uh, I think this is my ninth year coming to the Combine, and. You know, how I've explained it is that it's split really into three different events here for the media. And the first event really kicks off on Wednesday when we have interviews at the podiums, which you've seen still photos and video of through the years. All of the prospects will come and meet the media. They'll each get about a 10 to 15 minute interval eight podiums at the same time in the Indianapolis Convention Center. And that starts on Wednesday with the defensive line and linebackers. Edge rushers are included with the defensive line. And then we go to Thursday, Friday, and then I am out of here on Friday night. Staying for – on Friday is the big day. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs – Uh, Obviously, the New York Giants will be focused in on that day, at least we anticipate. Then Saturday will be the offensive line. Uh, Thursday, I skipped. That's the DBs. And uh, away we go. And then everyone will be moving on to free agency, which begins with the negotiating period, at least the official negotiating period on March 11th. And then the new league year starts on March 13th, and free agency will kick off at 4 p.m. Eastern time on that Wednesday, I believe it is, uh, and things get going. So the Giants have a lot of things to handle. That is the one component of the combine. Now, the second component, the NFL executives and select coaches will meet with the media at the podiums, at the convention center on Tuesday. Joe Shane, general manager for the Giants, will – meet with us 10 a.m you can check at northjersey.com and all my social accounts art underscore stapleton that's both on twitter slash x and instagram Uh, and we'll have stuff from joe shane beginning at 10 a.m then we'll actually get a breakout session with the beat with joe shane at least we have traditionally the assumption is that that will be happening as well Uh, And that'll be after the fact. So normally it's a lot of big picture questions at the podium with Shane. And then afterwards, we'll kind of break down into more uh, specific Giants questions regarding, you know, the middle of the roster Uh, roster questions such as, you know, will Jason Pinnock, uh, where does he fit in? Uh, does Nick McLeod get a restrictive free agency offer or the Giants look to sign Mc- Nick McLeod uh, to a regular contract that might be below what the restrictive free agency tag number is. Uh, so all of that will happen there. Uh, and, you know, it's, that's the second part of it. The idea that, you know, the executives talk. Now, traditionally, the head coaches talk too. But this year, Brian Dable. Just like last year, will not speak publicly uh, in that forum formally, if you will, to the media. Now, Dable, we may catch him, uh, you know, walking through the team hotel or on the way to the convention center for uh, the team's formal interviews, which take place in the suites at Lucas Oil Stadium. Obviously, Indianapolis is a big city for. The New York Giants, considering that's their last Super Bowl championship here. uh, The Giants actually stay in the same hotel that they were in as Super Bowl champions when they won the Super Bowl here. Tom Coughlin loved the downtown hotel here. uh, And that's where the Giants will stay uh, yet again. Uh, And that brings us to the third component of the combine. It's the nightlife. And when I say nightlife, I don't mean you know, disco balls and people hanging around taking shots at the bar. Uh, The nightlife is when teams meet with agents regarding current players. Uh, There's some negotiating going on, and it's a feeling out process. Uh, Legally, the negotiating period is not supposed to begin for free agency until March 11th, but how that works out with you know, hey, you know, let's talk about this guy. Let's talk about that guy. Uh, And that's kind of how it gets broken down. It's not necessarily policed uh, the way you would anticipate it. So there are three components. Obviously, the media being here, you try to catch as much as you can, as many crumbs as you can get throughout the entire week. It starts with the prospects, obviously Joe Shane, and then any crumbs you can get. Walk in the lobbies here in Indianapolis – speaking to as many front office executives as you can, not just from the Giants, but from other teams, trying to get a feel through agents. And it's the rumor season, it's the lying season. What people want out there, what they put out there intentionally, that's all what you have to sift through as a reporter. Now, that's the primer, that's what's going on here at the Combine. Uh, So just the idea of what you should expect, what prospects expect. Check out northjersey.com. I have a story on what prospects should expect here uh, with a great anecdote from Greg Olson. You know Greg Olson now uh, on Fox Sports, NFL on Fox. We'll see where Greg is next year. Is it CBS? Is it back on the NFL? Will Tom Brady take his spot? All that stuff we've covered over the last month or so. But Greg gave me an anecdote uh, several years ago about his first formal meeting here as a prospect out of the University of Miami. Uh, He met with Eric Mangini and the Jets. uh, And it's a great anecdote and just kind of paints the picture of what prospects deal with coming here. Uh, Everything but football really is is what the prospects are dealing with here. Uh, So I think that's something that, you know, is talked about. Teams want to see the medicals. All the medicals get done here in Indianapolis. There are medical rechecks in about a month for anything questionable for players. Big week for Michael Penix Jr. for Washington, quarterback. You know, he's had four seasons end with injury. So everyone sees Penix and the way he played for Washington on the road to the national championship game against Michigan. But he's had two ACL surgeries and he's had both both shoulder separations. Uh, So from my perspective with the Giants, You know, you have your quarterback right now. You're looking to move on. Part of the reason you're looking to move on from Daniel Jones is his injuries. You're going to bring a guy like Penix in with injury questions. That's a big leap. So uh, I have a story posting on Tuesday morning. All of the quarterbacks, I give you the rundown. Who's in their wheelhouse? Who would be considered a sleeper? And who would be considered long shots? A quote from Joe Shane about the combine from the Combine last year about quarterbacks I think you'll enjoy. So that story posts on NorthJersey.com on Tuesday. You can check out my first mock draft. It's on NorthJersey.com. I tweeted it out today. Uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, Jaden Daniels sitting there at 6. I couldn't pass up the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU. I'm not sure that's exactly how it's going to play out. Uh, But Daniels is the guy uh, for the mock draft 1.0, if you will. Um, So let's talk some Giants issues now, kind of laid the scene. And I, I plan on doing it all in every day this week through Friday. So you should be able to get all the news that fits here. Rumors, I'll keep you up to date as best I can of what's going on. Now, the two overarching storylines for the Giants this week, Saquon Barkley. Let's talk a little bit about Saquon. Uh, I do not believe everything I've been told that the Giants are going to franchise tag Saquon Barkley for the second straight year. Uh, That would pay him uh, around $12 million guaranteed for this year if they decided to franchise tag him. I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to see a long-term contract at that annual value or really with that guarantee with the Giants or maybe not even for anybody else. Uh, At this point, Saquon just turned 27 a few weeks back. He's coming off a season in which he did not hit his goals. The team did not hit their goals. So you can't look at two years ago of what he was for this team. Now, were there other circumstances at play here? Absolutely. The offensive line was a mess. Quarterback did not play well. You were down to your third string quarterback, an undrafted rookie in Tommy DeVito. uh, And then Tyrod Taylor played. He got hurt. So it wasn't a perfect scenario for Saquon Barkley. Now you go into this. I believe the Giants want to sign Saquon, uh, but on their terms. You know, does that fit at $9 million a year? I don't know if Saquon's going to see the guarantees that he would have seen last year. I'm pretty sure he's not uh, from the Giants. Now, do they allow him to hit the market? I think that's going to be the way to go. I think they're going to meet this week. Joe Shane said he plans on meeting with uh, Ed Berry, who is Saquon's representative, and they're going to discuss where they're at. Both sides are at. And they're going to try to get a feel for where Saquon's head is at, what he wants, uh, I know there's a lot of talk about Saquon and the Texans and I'll have a story posting on Tuesday morning as well on North Where will Saquon end up? Who are the suitors? The giants are one of them, but who else? Uh, and the Texans are a team, you know, this is the time of year where everybody starts breaking down uh, Instagram followers and which, Players are following which teams, and you know Saquon last week. All of a sudden, everyone's talking about hey, how Saquon is following CJ Stroud, and you know, well, does that mean that Saquon is going to end up in the Texans? What I here's what I know. I know that the Giants would like Saquon back. I know Saquon wants to test the market. I believe what's going to ha- happen is that Saquon and the Giants will have some sort of handshake agreement. He's going to test the market, and whatever final offer he gets, he's going to bring back to the Giants. Now, there are no guarantees that the Giants are going to match that offer. Remember what happened with Julian Love last year. Uh, There wasn't even a handshake agreement with Julian Love. In fact, Joe Shane told Julian Love and his representatives that if Julian turned down the Giants final offer before free agency that they were going to move in another direction. So when Julian came back with the offer he got from Seattle, it was less than what the Giants had offered him during the year. And Joe Shane essentially said, we appreciate you, uh, but we've committed that money elsewhere. That was the Darius Slayton contract on the same day. And Julian ends up going to Seattle, worked out well for Julian. He makes the pro bowl. Congratulations to him and his wife, Julia. They had their son uh, about a month and a half ago. So Julian love it worked out in Seattle. The giants ended up turning to Jason Pennock. He had a good season was not a pro bowl uh, season for Pinnock, Uh, but things worked out for love uh, from that perspective. Uh, so I think the giants will end up doing the same with Saquon. My gut tells me that Saquon will not be here next year. Uh, it's just based on the way things happen. Now, Is there a team out of the 31 other teams that will overpay from what the Giants want to give Saquon because of what he offers to them and what he brings to the table? Uh, I think if there's one, it'll be a team that's looking to cash in right near, you know, they view themselves as a playoff contender and they want Saquon to get them over the hump. NFC East, Couldn't you see the Cowboys or the Eagles look at the Giants and say, we're going to take your guy? And we know, John Mara, how much you love Saquon Barkley. We're going to make you pay and swoop in and give Saquon what he wants, guaranteed, even if it's a two-year deal. As I wrote tomorrow, sneak preview, Saquon from Copley, Pennsylvania, Whitehall, all Eagles fans. There are a lot of people, Eagles fans, who would love to see Howie Roseman sign Saquon Barkley and kind of complete that offensive picture for Philly, get them over the hump. So it's a very interesting situation with Saquon. You know, back in 2018, Saquon Barkley stole the spotlight from the quarterbacks here at the combine. And the Giants ended up drafting him two overall. And we've had that storyline since 2018. The general manager has changed. The head coach has changed twice. We're now on head coach number three. And Saquon Barkley at the combine will be a major story this week. So keep your eye on that. There there is going to be a lot of jockeying for play in the media. Uh, What I don't believe is that the Giants – I don't believe the Giants will be pressured into signing Saquon Barkley. I I don't believe that there's – an overwhelming feeling that they need to bring Saquon Barkley back. Do they want him here? Does ownership love Saquon Barkley? Yes. I just don't know if they look at that and say, we need to overpay Saquon Barkley to bring him back. Uh, and I think they want to see where the market value is. And it, it's almost like, let's, let's put your money where your mouth is. Saquon believes he's worth more than what the Giants offered a year ago. They were about a million and a half to $2 million away from coming to a long-term agreement. I don't know if there's urgency from the Giants' perspective to close that gap. And I think Saquon will look to the market to see if someone values him more than the Giants have shown. So... Uh, I know I asked for questions on Twitter, so some of you guys have sent questions, so we'll get to that in a second. But I also wanted to mention Xavier McKinney. He's obviously a situation that deserves monitoring. What I've understood is that the Giants would like Xavier McKinney back, but they are not going to overpay him. If he's going to get $17 million on the market, $16 million a year on the market, I don't believe the Giants are going to end up paying that. Uh, So I think they want him. He's 24 years old. He's played good ball. I think the Giants like the idea of having a young nucleus on defense of Dexter Lawrence under contract for a long time, Kayvon Thibodeau, Bobby O'Karake, Tay Banks, and Xavier McKinney. I think they like that nucleus moving forward on this defense for Shane Bowen, new defensive coordinator. And then you see if you can put pieces around them uh, obviously, in the draft, and then maybe you add a couple of pieces in free agency and see what that defense can become. So McKinney will be interesting. You know, I know everybody's falling for, I, I use this analogy, the banana in the tailpipe from Beverly Hills Cop. You know, I wouldn't miss, I wouldn't misread or read too much into Xavier McKinney's tweets that he puts out there. Um, you know, I don't believe there's dissension between the Giants. I think. Xavier McKinney just likes putting things out there, speaking things into existence. And I don't believe the giants are turned off by that. Uh, so there have been some fans that have talked about that. Uh, I don't think that's a case. Um, so let's, uh, let's get to some of these questions and I know I'm looking away cause I want to see my, uh, want to see my questions that I got from everybody on Twitter. Uh, so let's go, uh, Let's shoot there and see what we got. Um, let's see. UK fit, UK Giants fan one. Does defensive tackle Justin Jones make your free agent target list for the Giants? And if not, why? Well, uh, you know, I haven't gotten a free agency yet, but since I got the question, I'll, I'll answer it. It's an interesting di- di- uh, dynamic with Jones is that, he was with the Bears. He's a guy who, if you watch the tape, played very well late in the year, from what I understand. Once the guys made decisions, you know, Montez Sweat got there, and all of a sudden they started playing better up front. So Jones – I think is a guy that doesn't measure up on PFF. You look at his PFF grades, pro football focus. And if you're a PFF guy, you're not going to like Justin Jones. If you're a tape guy and try to break down how he would project being on the same line as Dexter Lawrence, then I think you might like him. So 27 years old, I believe Jones is, uh, I think he got paid around, uh, Eight to nine million dollars a year last year. Uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly what it was. I think it was nine million dollars guaranteed. And uh, you know what? We're going to go, we're going informal here. I'm going to look it up right now and give you Justin Jones's contract because I think it's worth checking out and being accurate. So don't mind me not looking in the camera and I'm looking at my phone, but I think this is a good, uh, a good thing to look at, what he made last year and how he would fit. Because I think, you know, when you're looking at it, um, they're going to look at things. And boy, as I'm looking at it, I just called it up, my... Producer Supreme, Paul Wood, just threw it up in our chat over here. So I got it right here. It was two years, $12 million. It was about $9 million in guaranteed money with the Bears last year. So, uh, well, in 12, in 2022. So that's what you're looking at for, for Jones, about $4.5 million annual guaranteed. Uh, and, you know, look, if you can get a lot out of him and, I certainly have a lot of faith in the defensive line coach of Andre, the tandem coaching tandem of Andre Patterson and Brian Cox to get the most out of Jones, uh, who I believe is now 28. I said 27. I believe it's 28. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what Jones, what his market looks like. So, yes, I think Jones is a guy who would be in the mix for the Giants. Um, All right, let's go. uh, Booker Daniels. AR, each draft has its own story. This year's story seems to be about the QBs, wide receivers, and offensive tackles. Are there other stories of or areas of depth talent the Giants can benefit from within rounds two to four? Well, Book, it's a good question. I think interior offensive line, interior defensive line are a good start. I think free agency will play a part in this. I think you have to see what the Giants do at edge. Do they bring in somebody to compliment Kayvon Thibodeau? Uh, do they look to make a splash at edge in free agency? Or do they draft someone high in day two at the edge? You know, Aziz Ojalari still has the injuries that he has to overcome. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. I think uh, corner. You're going to be looking for somebody opposite Deontay Banks. I think uh, there'll be some guys in that rounds two to four round where you want to see, I think nickel is an issue. Does Darnay Holmes come back? Is Cordell Flott actually uh, a player that you envision as a starter in this group? Or do you want to go for a guy like Max Melton out of Rutgers who had an outstanding week at the senior bowl? He projects as a, First team nickel. So does he come in right away and play slot for this defense and make this defense better uh, on the back end? We know there'll be a lot of focus on the back end. Jerome Henderson is back. Uh, Mike Pops Adams, uh, Mike Trier, all coaching on the back end. That's going to help, in theory, Shane Bowen's defense, which has struggled in past defense. They've been outstanding against the run. They've been a good rush defense. But past defense, they've been suspect. Let's see how the Giants build up that back end. And obviously McKinney and Pinnock and Dane Belton uh, are guys that all factor into that spot. So let's go to the next question. Uh, so hopefully that helps you out, Book, if that's uh, something you were looking at. Um Let's go. Uh, Casey Louie, uh, can the Giants install real turf before the World Cup starts? Well, I don't think the Giants are going to install turf yet again. They have brand new turf from last year. That was always missed. But the World Cup brings in a very interesting dynamic at MetLife Stadium, where it's going to be New Jersey Stadium as far as FIFA is concerned. Unfortunately for MetLife, they're going to pull that all the sponsors across the country – off the billboards uh they can't remove it from the stadium but what they'll be called is they'll be called New Jersey Stadium and not MetLife Stadium uh but what i do know is that the lower bowl of MetLife is going to be ripped up and there're going to be i guess you would call a temporary seating for the NFL to replace what's ripped up out of the permanent seating because they need to expand the field for FIFA so that's going to happen and that's going to be in place for next season for the giants so giants fans i don't know necessarily if your seating is going to be affected but it's going to be different seating i would imagine they're trying to keep it as closely to what they have permanently uh, but that's going to be a big change and uh, it has to be natural grass for for fifa so they're going to have to bring in natural grass. Now, there have been rumors that they'll just lay the natural grass over the field turf. I'm not sure specifically how that's going to happen, but that is going to be a big story over the next two years. What will MetLife do? Uh, What will the Giants and Jets agree to uh, to bring natural grass to the surface? Because you know the NFL is going to get heat uh, if they bring in natural grass and all the stadiums that are hosting – World Cup games in two summers in 2026, if they're going to have natural grass and then they're going to take the natural grass away and go back to field turf uh, for the NFL players, they're not going to be happy. So you can talk about numbers all you want. It's going to be the emotional aspect of it. I think you're going to see a big push from the NFL PA uh, to kind of point out. What they believe is a little hypocrisy Regarding soccer and football So we'll keep an eye on that story We'll dig in maybe a little bit next month At the owners meetings When John Mara is expected to be available I would think he'll be asked questions about that Uh, And I will be there in Orlando The last week of March Uh, So that's a topic uh, That I think John Mara will address um, Regarding the stadium And how the Giants see that play out So uh, That's that's there let's see any other questions that we got here from you guys uh let's see um big blue brooklyn wants to know with so many holes to fill and some deeper talent pools available this year wide receiver offensive line do you see the giants trading back in the first for more picks and flexibility because Joe Shane has clearly demonstrated that he'll trade up to get his guy. The extra capital might help. You know, it's an interesting aspect. I I think with two second-round picks, you know, you don't necessarily need to create more assets in that realm. Uh, And I do think it's an interesting aspect for this reason. The Giants need players. They're not building. You don't want more developmental talent. They have developmental talent from the last two drafts that Joe Shane has drafted. And one of the reasons the Giants fell off last year is that developmental talent is not coming along fast enough, especially on the offensive line. So I would anticipate, now your point is well taken. You get at extra draft assets and then try to be aggressive and move up to get a player that you like. Maybe, if you're identifying, if, if your draft board shows a lot of talent in the third round, You know, maybe you're looking to acquire, you know, better picks to draft up. You know, you want an extra fourth rounder to be able to move up, maybe a third rounder for next year to move up. Uh, But it's an interesting situation. I know I've used that word again, but um, that's one of those things that we're going to see how it plays out. I don't know necessarily that Joe Shane will play this draft exactly how he played last year. I don't believe he'll move off of six Uh, And as it stands right now, I think you've got three wide receivers, three quarterbacks. If they move up, uh, it'll be a surprise. But I think that's what everybody's anticipating. If they like one of the quarterbacks, uh, I think they'll sit right at six. If a quarterback is there that they like, they'll take them. If not, they'll take one of the wide receivers. uh, And, you know, the closer we get, I'll have a better sense of what the Giants uh, plan on doing uh, although Joe Shane has been pretty good kind of keeping things guarded compared to previous regimes with the Giants. So I give him credit for that. So we've gone a lot longer than we expected. Paul Wood and I expected to knock this out about 10, 15 minutes. But uh, as my wife will tell you, I like talking. So you get me going. And now we're running up on a half hour already uh, to do this. But uh, let me see if there's any other questions that I can knock out uh, pretty easily before we uh finish off today. Um, Yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Big Blue Brooklyn was the last one. Uh, Giants Realist wanted to know which round the Giants draft a QB. Well, right now in my mock draft, I had them drafting a QB in the first round. So uh, that's where I I like it. And I got to say, I'm going to talk more about this uh, going into this weekend. We're going to try to have shows every day. Going to do my best to get some guests on video uh, so you guys can enjoy it on YouTube in addition to our usual podcast platforms. uh, Let me know what you like. Let me know who you want to hear from. It's hard to get players this week, so a lot of it is analysts uh, to be able to get uh, on the podcast. What I will do is I will get sound and audio from uh, players at the podiums the best I can. Uh, and we'll try to make that a part of the podcast this week. Uh, But I will say this. I am very intrigued by J.J. McCarthy, Michigan quarterback. I know he's a polarizing guy. Uh, I want to see Drake May and the risk-reward with Drake May and his throws. Uh, He makes a lot of risky throws, makes a lot of big plays as well. So I want to see how the Giants view him. I know they like him. I know they like May. Joe Shane has seen Drake May several times. Uh, I think McCarthy is a guy who kind of fits that mold of if you trust the traits in a quarterback. And we know that Brian Dable and Joe Shane, when they were as part of the brain trust up in Buffalo, they trusted the traits of Josh Allen. Uh, If you trust traits, and let's take Caleb Williams out of the mix right now. All of Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and J.J. McCarthy all have traits. But as Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, told us on his video call last week, there is no perfect prospect. You know, you're not looking at a perfect prospect. So it's going to be which team believes in their guy. And what I'll say to Giants fans is that, I know you've lost faith a little bit, some of you, in Joe Shane and Brian Dable coming off of six and 11. But the reason they're here is because of their evaluation and their coaching and coaching guys up. Brian Dable got a head coaching job, yes, for his body of work, but also because of the work he did with Josh Allen at Buffalo. So if you believed in Brian Dable enough when he got here and you were excited about being here, you want to see Brian Dable with his own quarterback. You've seen Daniel Jones again. The injuries with Jones are concerning to me. Uh, I know he had an injury history, but last year, combined with the subpar performance, I think there's some on Daniel Jones that he needs to take upon himself. Uh, Some of the failures that he had, the the progress that he did not make uh, when he was out there healthy, and then obviously the injury. You know, I've said this many times if this past season 2023 was actually the 2022 year for the giants and in brian Dable and joe shane's first year they went six and eleven and they ended up making a change at quarterback and they didn't sign daniel jones who knows what happens with saquon and they come back this year and win nine games make the playoffs and then win a tenth game on the road in the playoffs You'd look at Shane Dable in this era a lot differently. Now, you can't play that game, but I truly believe that the Giants believed that they were going to be in the running for a quarterback last year. Now, all the winning that they did, they moved out of contention for C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. That group was out of the mix. The Giants were picking in the 20s. They weren't even thinking about a quarterback. Joe Shane came to the combine last year, focused on signing Daniel Jones. But he structured the contract to the point where if things went haywire, things went sideways, they had an out. Now, it's not an easy out. You still have to take on 20-something million of dead money next year. I think it's 22 million. But they can get out of the Jones contract. And I believe that if the Giants and their evaluation process plays out and they like one of these quarterbacks and they have an opportunity to draft them, I believe ownership on down will sign off, give Joe Shane the green light, and they will select a quarterback. If they do not select a quarterback, that means that Joe Shane and Brian Dable did not believe in the quarterback that was available to them when they were drafting. And they believe more in what I believe is going to be a wide receiver that they would take if they don't take a quarterback. Can the offensive lineman factor in at six? Possible. Joe Walt? Maybe. Fashanu, maybe, but I, I just think that when you look at the top six players on the board, it's going to be three quarterbacks, three wide receivers. Roma Dunzier from Washington, Malik Neighbors, would you be my neighbors from LSU, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then obviously the three quarterbacks. I do believe that J.J. McCarthy uh, will be a lot closer to that group of three than people think. Uh, just based on maybe what they didn't ask him to do in Michigan. Uh, So that's where it's at right now. Working on some guests this week. We may get Dane Brugler from The Athletic. uh, Working on a couple other things. Going to try for some NFL Network guys. See if I can tap into my guys, uh, Garofolo and Traeger and see if they're, you know, everybody's loaded with work this week. So it's not easy, but I'm trying for the audience of all in. You guys deserve uh, a big week out here in Indianapolis. I'm going to do what I can to deliver. So, again, for my producer, Paul Wood, hope you guys enjoyed the video today uh, and today's podcast. If you're listening old school And um, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have full coverage of Joe Shane's press conference, and we'll see if we can get a guest on uh, for the podcast as well. Thanks for listening. As always, we're all in. We appreciate you being all in as well. We'll catch you Tuesday from Indianapolis.